0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Money Lab. I'm your host, Matt Ballbreaker Givanese, and today we're talking about buying and selling websites. Joining me is the founder of ListenMoneyMatters.com and the co host of the Listen Money Matters podcast, Andrew Febert. How's business, man?
1: Sup. So, uh- Sup. So- you know, business is way better when you hit those high notes in the yeah, opening. all right. I so really I just, like to see the strain on okay. your face. So I should start uh, doing that again. <laughs> uh, all all things good, man.
0: All things nominal.
1: Yeah, we're we're moving our podcast feed and just Ooh. whoa whoa God, a lot of things.
0: Yep, yep. I'm working on video stuff. I know So that. I know. I'm gonna write. No, I mean, a whole I don't thing.
1: mean I know. Don't tell me more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're like yeah i know uh uh so yeah i'm doing video stuff and uh gonna write a whole article about it on money lab with my little backdrop i bought uh 15 beach balls 15 beach balls <laughs> why 15 uh because that's how many amazon would sell me at 13 inch size beach balls so they were like that's that's how many you get and i guess they're for a party or something but yeah
1: my my so so it's not like uh a- tick or something like you can't no. have 14 you have to, right, have, have to have yeah 15 divisible yep. by five okay and then i gotta touch each one before i leave the room <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: i didn't okay. doubt that so we're gonna talk about buying and selling websites and andrew and i uh are not keen on this but we want to try it and we brought we're bringing somebody on who is a master at this and so i just want to welcome spencer Halls to the show Welcome, Spencer, of NichePursuits.com. How
2: are you? I'm doing great, Matt. Thanks uh, for having me on the podcast. Andrew, great to meet you, of course, as well. I'm excited to be here, guys. Yeah. So uh, how do you say your own website? Do you say niche Pursuits or niche Pursuits? Oh, man. I say <laughs> NichePursuits, NichePursuits.com. Yeah. But, you know, it's like 50-50 people I talk to. So I know. I can understand. I'm a, I'm a niche guy. Yeah, a, you know, it's
1: all about the the niche. Andrew.
0: Andrew's a niche, aren't you? Mm.
1: Yeah, but I also, I also say secretary. So what? I may not enunciate everything. <laughs> <laughs> secretary. That, That's you're saying that wrong. Yeah,
2: yeah, I know. I know.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> I think <laughs> right. I think we got it right on this one, Matt. It's Yeah, I think yeah, I think so. <laughs>
0: uh
1: well, welcome I'm to the show. Glad to be the linchpin of that.
0: Yeah. Please. <laughs> welcome to the show and we're going to get a little bit into it. Uh I with some deep questions and you've done this a lot. How many websites have you bought and sold, do you think, at this rate?
2: Oh, um I wouldn't say I bought a ton, but uh, definitely made um, several investments, probably five or six. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. That I've purchased. So,
1: so you usually build them and sell them, you're saying?
2: Yes. So I am typically a builder, right? Uh-huh. So I built, I mean, many, many dozens of websites from scratch on my own uh, and sold a few of those that we can talk about as well, but I've also, yeah, purchased probably five or six existing websites and still have them all or, or sold some and still have some. Uh, so I've sold, um, three of them over the last, you know, few years, Yeah, right. That I had purchased, sold, and then I still own another three of those that I purchased. Okay, cool. Well, before we get too deep into it cuz there's going to be
0: a real deep dive. Uh I want to say that our I want to thank our sponsors of this episode, Money Lab Pro. You've been asking for it and I finally made it. Money Lab Pro is a membership where you can access every single one of my online business courses and chat with me and other like-minded business owners in the members only Money Lab Pro community. You'll also get access to my SEO, monetization and blogging video courses, my YouTube and podcast video tutorials, my lightning fast WordPress theme, and so much more. I did the math and MoneyLab Pro includes over 155 over-the-shoulder video lessons and growing. Not to mention, it includes access to templates, processes, and spreadsheets that I use to run all my online businesses. And like I mentioned before, MoneyLab Pro also includes a members-only community where you can share your ideas and get expert feedback to help you earn more money with your online business. Go to moneylab.co slash pro right now to sign up. It's super affordable, and there's no reason not to check it out. That's moneylab.co slash pro. That is the end of ad. (laughs) End of sponsor. The kids still
1: say booyah, right?
0: The kids still say booyah (laughs) and radical and cowabunga and all of those cool words. They send it to their fax machines. It's a wild, wild time in America to be carrying around beepers (laughs) and being close and closely connected. I was telling
1: my wife (laughs) that I'm hip. She didn't believe me.
0: You are too hip to be square, my friend. (laughs) Uh, So... Let's talk about now. I, I want to actually really quick go into your so niche pursuits. You, you lay all this shit out on the table, like all everything. You're very, very transparent. And I admire that because I feel the exact same way. And I think you should, people should be more transparent about this kind of thing. But you said that most of the time you build websites from scratch and then sell them. Now, I kind of want to go through that process like you say you do it all yourself are you like what are you proficient at technically in this in this realm
2: yeah so i do everything from scratch like you said i have sort of uh i feel like i'm an expert or my expertise is primarily on keyword research and content production, that side of things. Yep. Right. So finding the low competition niche to start off with, mm. and then finding the right keywords to target, how to structure an article, produce that great content that ranks in Google. Yep. Right. Yep. And so I talk ab- about that a lot on my blog, uh, the specific strategies that I use um, to help people find those great keywords. So yeah, and you've even built your own tool, right? Did you? You built long tail. Pro, was it? What's it called again? Mm-hmm. Sorry. You got Sorry. it, Longtail Pro. Yeah. Yes, and uh, that is a business I sold, so we can talk about that too as well, because that was definitely wow. its own website. But uh, so I built Longtail Pro as a keyword research tool in 2011. Uh, I built it because I just wasn't happy with the other tools that were out there. Mm-hmm. The ability to find lots of keywords quickly. And uh, so, yes, I'm not a developer, so I hired a developer to have the tool built. Mm-hmm. And anyways, grew it over the years for five years, sold the business in 2016 for a good amount of money. Good. And all, the and mm-hmm. all the figures. All the figures. All the figures. And, um, yes, yeah, so I, I still own a small portion of that business, actually. Still own cool. 20% of that business, but I built that up and sold it. Um, so yes, keyword research is dear to my heart for sure.
0: And, and what about the actual like building of the site and the branding and all that stuff? Are you doing the like HTML coding, CSS stuff? Is that, is that what you're doing or you're hiring people out to do that?
2: Um, well, I'm using WordPress, so, yep. you know, it makes it pretty easy to have a great looking website, usually without having to do much in the HTML code or anything. Yeah. Um, but beyond, you know, like logo creation, I'll hire somebody to do that mm-hmm. and other minor tweaks. I hire somebody to do those things, right. To get the branding to look just right. Um, right. I don't do that myself.
0: What's the, what do you think the, uh, like, can you, can you walk us through sort of a real quick Uh, crash course on like what you do specifically to go from like, I want to build a website today that I am eventually going to sell or I want it to make money consistently. How would you go about doing that start to finish? I know it's a long, probably big answer, but
2: yeah, and we can break this up as needed here. Yeah. But uh, it starts with niche research, finding that the the right niche, and you know that can be a whole discussion there. But uh, can, it, can
1: we actually pause and and discuss that? <laughs> yeah, go into it sure. a little bit. I, I'm yeah. super fascinated with how you find the opportunities. Sure, um, it's like a, it's like literally a life obsession of mine.
2: <laughs> yeah. So there's a, a few different schools of thought, right? Um, you can, uh, go into something where you have an interest or a passion. You know, mm-hmm. some people say that's, you know, definitely just do that, right. Yeah. Go into something that you have an interest or a passion with. Um, or you can look at something where, um, there is a lot of money to be made. It's, it's a big niche, right? So think yeah. about fitness or personal finance, you know, something that, you know, there's lots of money. Being so you made. correlate
1: like money with, size of the niche
2: uh yeah and part of that is recognizing are there products being sold mm, right right and so there probably are some really large niches i don't know that i can think of one um with lots of search volume that doesn't make a lot of money nice right? and
1: i want to i want to add another clarifier so when you say a lot of products being sold you're thinking not on amazon
2: uh either either oh, yeah. okay Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I I didn't know if you were hard in one direction.
2: Yeah, no, I, I have built a lot of Amazon affiliate websites. So having a lot of products on Amazon is a good thing Mm -hmm. uh, for a lot of niches, but uh, just because something isn't sold on Amazon doesn't mean there isn't a lot of money being made off of Amazon. Right. Right. So I think the intersection of sort of three things is where you can find a perfect niche. Um, Ideally, if you can have an interest in that particular niche, you know, that's a good idea. And maybe I'll use an example, right? Like I have an interest in running. I've run marathons, um, you know, so I've got an interest there. But step two is, uh, are there products being sold? Is there money to be made there? And when I look at that, yeah, you know, there's lots of running shoes. You know, Nike's a multi-billion dollar company, so they must be doing something, you know, There must be products I can make money on there, right? Uh, And then the third thing is low competition. Is there area for somebody new to come into this niche and actually start ranking in Google for some of these terms, right? And so that involves a little more keyword research, a little bit more depth, um, a a little bit more thought. But if you can find an intersection of those three things, Mm -hmm. you've probably got a good niche.
0: Yeah, the competition part is a little difficult for me because I – one, I I, <laughs> I think there's competition in everything. So if I try to do something and I see one other website on the internet that talks about <laughs> the same thing, I'm like, uh, no, nope, they've done it already. Let's, let's <laughs> give up. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do this. So usually when I start a new site like that, I kind of ignore it. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to Google it. <laughs> you know, Not that I don't do the keyword research, say, in like an Ahrefs style tool, but I won't I won't Google it and see someone else's design and branding. And I don't want to see that stuff because I'll get discouraged.
2: (laughs) It scares you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's a, that's, that's a good point to bring up for people starting out is unfortunately, uh, the internet is growing and there's billions of websites. Yeah. Somebody has probably already built a website on your new idea. Yeah, Uh, you should probably just accept that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't mean it's a bad idea. Uh, It just means yes, somebody probably has built a website there. Um, But you can look at a more granular level, you can start looking at what are the specific topics, uh, keywords that I would be targeting. Right? So Going back to the running example, you know, maybe, maybe a keyword is best marathon shoes. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if that's a low competition keyword, but let's say if you, as you look at that, you see that the other websites talking about that really aren't doing a good job of, you know, comparing all the different marathon shoes. You could do a better job. And there's certain signals in Google that you look at and go, you know what? this might be an easy keyword to rank for and yeah. so when i'm looking at a niche if i can quickly you know let's say in a day sitting down for a couple of hours if i can find 10 or 15 keywords that look like they're easy to rank for i'll go okay this looks like a good niche I'll, I'll go into this
1: okay so you you said the example keyword best marathon shoes immediately in my head i was like ah monetized like people are literally looking to buy when you build these sites out or when you're doing your initial research. Are you only looking for and focusing on highly monetized keywords or do you kind of look to cover the peripheral as well like how to train for a marathon which may not be monetized at all but useful in like the the depth of the site?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I would look at all topics. Um, you know, you, you've got what I call these money pages that are, you know, highly monetized. You're selling products, the best marathon shoes. That's, that's a core piece of your website. Sure. And mm-hmm. I don't know what the ratio is, but let's call it, you know, 50% of your content is, you know, this heavily monetized type content. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, you want to cover the how to's the more informational topics that are also in your niche. Uh, because as you do that, that, um, does a couple of things, you know, some people believe that it shows Google that yes, you're, you're, um, covering the topic in more depth, mm-hmm. but also if you were to use, um, Ahrefs and do some link building yeah. and people come look at your website that you're trying to get a link from, they look at it and say, this is a complete website yeah, that I can trust. Um, it's not just a straight affiliate website. It's, it's harder to get a link to. A website that's just purely like Amazon affiliate links right right
0: yeah uh, h- how many of the sites that you currently have or have built bef- in the past have been that you know precipice of all three I, and, and specifically um passion you may be passionate or have some sort of interest in how many of those would you say are, are built on that
2: interest that's a good question. Um, not very many have really sort of hit all three. Um, well, I, when I look back at how many sites I've built, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't matter if I've been interested in it. like I, I now view this as like a business, yeah, right? And so if I think that gardening you know is going to do really well, like I just I build a site on it. But how do uh, you write the stuff? like how do you do you or do you hire? At this I was like, point. he doesn't write the stuff. So I should clarify two things. Okay. I've built a lot of websites over the years. Yes. Now I don't build as many from scratch because things have changed since, believe it or not, 2010, 2011. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I have a lot fewer websites that I work on and build. And, and so high when I, quality. Yes. Yeah. That are high quality. So now when I start websites, I... I should clarify. I do try to sort of have that intersection, but I have not always done that in the past. Um, So then, to answer your question about writing content, I I do not write most of the content for my niche websites. Yep. Right. Um, I'm hiring authors that I find, you know, Upwork or other places to write the content for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay. So Matt had asked an awesome question. That is maybe the arching story of the episode. What do you do? and I interrupted you, what do you do after like you, you format, like you're like, okay, gardening is the one or marathon is, you know, running is the one.
2: So then, uh, once I've decided this is a great niche to go into, I'll develop a keyword plan. So I will sit down and do really in-depth keyword research. And what I'm trying to do is get maybe a list of 50 topics that are going to be the core of my website. Can I, can I, can I interrupt
0: real quick though? I'm sorry, because, uh, how did you like to go back on the gardening thing before we go into the keyword research thing? I, you know, I've heard so many different ways of like coming up with a niche. How do you, like, I don't think we've really answered that because, uh, how, how why gardening? How did, how did you like, where did, where in your brain do you like look at a plant in your house and go, Oh, f- gardening, I'll try that. You know, like <laughs> what, how did you come up with a list? Do you, uh, yeah, I guess that's sort of, yeah. I've heard the whole, I mean, I've been taught for, fucking I don't know, since like 2004, walk around your house to start writing shit down that you have and then go look at and then go do research on like all of those and find the, the right one. So I think narrowing down, first of all, how to come up with those lists of niches and then picking the one and then doing the keyword research. So yeah. how do you do that?
2: Uh, so a couple different ways you can, for people just starting out, they can sit down and write down all of their interests, right? Just things they're interested in, right? And that is a good way to start. I've done sure. that, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. How would you do it now? <laughs> if you had to start a website tomorrow, what would you do? Yes. So one thing that I have done is pull up a list of all hobbies. And I think there's a Wikipedia page that lists like 500 yeah. uh-huh. hobbies Yep. Everything from archery to bocce ball to chess, Home to gardening, brewing. right? Like that's that's been a resource that I have tapped into. Yep. So I'll pull up a list of these are just all the hobbies that exist in the world. And, 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 you, and you choose hobbies specifically because it, it creates
0: fandom and there's money to be made. And right. it's like disposable income like f- for
2: days, right? Right. Gosh. You know, people are just, they're interested in this stuff, right? Like archery. Mm -hmm. right? You can be selling the different bows, compound bows, Yeah, You can get into hunting with bows, Yeah, you know? So that's a good place to start. Um, and then you can do a little bit deeper, deeper dives by jumping over to forums that maybe are related. Um, what is the, um, uh, there's, there's like a big forum board. I can't remember what it's called, but you could probably Google like list of forums, right? Yeah. I know there's a website that lists like hundreds of forums that exist on the internet right and so that can also spark some ideas that yeah hey people are you know there's a forum for elderly people right and go oh well i should build a site for elderly people people are are, are,
1: elderly people a hobby yeah well that
2: that wouldn't be a hobby right (laughs) you don't collect old people i do (laughs) (laughs) they have lots of hobbies though that's true um, yeah, so those crochet. are a couple of places I, I would start is, um, you know, hobbies, forums, and then just good old Amazon research is another great place mm. diving into their categories as you deep dive into the home goods yeah. or the outdoor products, right? You can find a, a really unique product and that can spark an idea of, Hey, I should build a website on X, Y, Z. And
1: okay. you're saying home good and outdoor products because that's an eight percenter.
2: <laughs> maybe maybe i just said that because naturally i gravitate yeah, towards those niches but I, I i happen to be in one of those
0: niches so by okay. complete uh accident
2: yeah so i win
0: <laughs> i win i win the amazon game uh so now all right so you, you come up with a uh, a good topic let's just call it gardening and then you're like I'm sure you have more than one, right? There's probably like four or five that you have. They're like, oh, these could be potentials. And then you go do this deep dive keyword plan. So what's your keyword plan look like?
2: Right. So do a keyword plan. Like I said, trying to find, let's call it, you know, 50 keywords that I believe are easy to rank for. Um, and the, yeah. So to do keyword research, uh, it's a whole process. My number yeah. one thing for keyword research is I want to know how likely am I going to rank on the first page of Google. Okay. So I'm only, you know, I'm not looking at, um, you know, search volume per se, right? Like I, anyways, a lot of people only do keywords if they get searched more than 5,000 times a month or something. Yeah, I'm 1,000 right? and I'll, I won't touch it if it's under 1,000. Okay, that's interesting. I will touch keywords less than 1,000. Um, so there, I don't have any bottom threshold per se, like. If there's a 200 keyword, 200 search volume keyword, like I will go after that. Yeah. As um, long as that's keyword difficulties low. As long as it's easy to rank for. Exactly. Yeah. And when you say easy to rank for,
1: is that like a direct correlation to a keyword difficulty score? Or I mean, I'm assuming it has a bit of a magic sauce. Absolutely.
2: It. So there's lots of different tools. As I mentioned, I created Longtail Pro. So of right. course, my formula is built into Longtail uh-huh. Pro. So I use that. Uh, there's a. It's similar to uh, Ahrefs keyword difficulty. Um, uh, it's called keyword competitiveness score in Longtail Pro. And so anything that has a 30 or less on the keyword competitiveness scale in Longtail Pro those are the ones that I look at. Look and, and what determines
1: competitiveness? Is it straight links?
2: That's part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it's based on authority of the page mm-hmm. uh, itself. So domain authority and page authority um, are, are critical to that. And of course, how many links are pointing to that specific page? Uh, but also how relevant is the keyword to that page? Are they using the exact keyword in their title? Yeah. Um Mm, wow. th- th- those are some of the factors that are involved, but I'll also take it a little uh, step further than that and sort of verify, you know, uh, like if, if it has a KC score of under 30, I'll then verify the first page of Google and say, okay, are there sites like mine? If I'm an affiliate website, are there several other affiliate websites ranking? I want to verify that that's Yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. If it's all e-commerce sites, for example, I might go, hmm, Google seems to think that this is an e-commerce keyword. I'm not an e-commerce website. I probably should not target this keyword, right? And so that can, even though maybe the KC score is under 30, I might go, you know what, Google's only ranking e-commerce websites. Yeah. Right? So other good signs are, you know, if forums are ranking in the first page of Google, that might be a good keyword to go after, um, but yeah really looking at those newer websites or low page authority if they're ranking on the first page that's a really good sign for you the this this whole
0: idea of let's say you come up with 50 keywords what does what the ratio of like good to bad have to be or there has to be 50 in order for you to go this is this is an opportunity like i'm going to build this now I see how
2: many of those keywords need to end up being good keywords yeah, to, to, yeah. to go after. Like, does it, are you, is 50 the number that you come out with at the end or do yes. you just, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Yes. So I, I might have to go through a hundred or 200 sure. keywords, okay. right. To get to that final 50.
0: And if you're uh, at, mark. if you're like 50, like, okay, shit, this might be a good topic to go after. Do you use the same process when you buy, when you're looking at buying a website? if you're do you like go through the, almost the same keyword plan to see like
2: what are they what are they doing right what are they missing all that sort of thing? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Is is go through and look at the opportunities and specifically for buying a website look at where they might be ranking okay like maybe they're ranking on the bottom of the first page or top yeah. of the second page. And looking at their content and saying, how could I update this and make it better? So it ranks at the top of the first page. Finding those opportunities for those keywords that they maybe didn't target as well as they could have. So you have this list of keywords
0: now. You know that this is a good niche to build or at least build a a site around. So basically, I'm, I'm assuming at this point, you spin up a site pretty fast. I mean, you you're you're getting a logo design done. You're you're using a probably a built theme of some sort, probably something very simple and fast. And you're spinning up a WordPress site, and then you just start writing content. Exactly. That's pretty much that simple. Yeah. And then and yep. then and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but because uh, I, I do want to get to the the buying aspect of this, but. Uh, Once that happens, you you mentioned earlier, like we're all kind of on the same train of not building backlinks. It's just a matter of like investing the time and the money up front to get these articles written, to get them posted and published, and then sort of just waiting, right? And a little bit, a little bit ways, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That that's right.
1: So you you have okay. So you've got the site spun up. You know, say nothing is written yet. I imagine because the site putting it up is like an hour or two of, of work. Um let's say that you are unconstrained by capital. You could have content created immediately for all those keywords and publish them tomorrow, or you could like slow drip it out and pull this Mm. out over like a five year period. Is there some approach that is too aggressive or something that you try and stick to?
2: It's a great question. I've been asked this many times actually. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I am a fan of just publishing it all as soon as possible. No The shit. Netflix Absolutely. approach. Absolutely. Get it out there. The, the way I view it is that each of these articles are individual entities, if yeah, you will. they're assets. They're right? assets, right? They're the house they, built. They each rank for a different keyword in Google. You're shooting yourself in the foot if you drip it out over, you know, you said five years, but, you know, call it several months. I was months. being facetious. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah Um, get it out right now cuz that helps google index it quicker right. you're going to rank quicker for all these articles and get more traffic no reason so, not to yeah
1: it, so so given that and and i i love that 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 means that you could potentially have already specced out the articles and you essentially before you do a single ounce of work you essentially have a budget like i'm going to pay <laughs> 10,000 whatever to essentially spawn this thing, you have your team in place, you just do the planning, you walk away, you come back, and then you just let it marinate.
2: Yeah, that would be an ideal world, wouldn't it, right? But but is that your ideal world, um, though? I'm not quite there. I mean, I still once they write the articles, you need to go in and oh, for sure, edit do your thing. Yeah. You know, maybe do some interlinking of articles that maybe they
0: use your use your gift, if if you will. <laughs> you know, like use what you've the, the the research and the education that you've built up over time to uh, fine
2: tune the 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 asset. Right. I think. Exactly. So, yeah. But, but Andrew, generally speaking, you're, you're right that, you know, you could have this plan and if you got the writers in place, I'll run with it.
1: One more question before, before I, <laughs> I get off this, this thing. Uh, so say we discount your time completely. You know, you're doing this because you're just doing it anyways, right? Um, what do you think would be a reasonable budget to execute on this with a 50 keyword goal? Uh, I was just calculator. Yeah.
2: I I was just looking (laughs) for it. Yeah. Oh
1: my God. You have a physical
2: calculator. (laughs) I know I I have one school over there. Yeah. It's from college. Um, so yeah, 50. So so I was going to calculate how much it costs to produce a typical piece of content. How how much does it cost you? It, it can vary, but I, I try to find authors that are in the three to five cent per word range. Wow. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so let's just, Let's call it, you know, uh, let's call it five cents and my articles, you know. Oh, I just
1: did the math. That's five cents for a 1500 word article is $75. You're right. Wow. If I may, (laughs) fuck, dude. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
2: Is that too much? No. Too
1: much? (laughs) I thought I was going really good with my prices. Now, like now,
0: let me let me ask this, though, like that, 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 that $75 article isn't going to blow anybody's mind. You have to do your work on top of it to make it you have to you're just getting the the, the words pumped out and then you got to do some heavy editing, I would imagine.
2: It, it depends. You can find some pretty good authors, you yeah, know, for, right. for 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 that amount. Um, and so, yeah, I do some editing, but if you have the right authors and for the most part, they're pretty good. I'm not like rewriting the the content. I'm ready right. to no, invest. Right. I'm yeah. ready to invest. How much do you need? <laughs> Let's do this. Um, and so then, typical article length it that can vary greatly depending on the keyword. Sure. But yeah. you know, two thousand is probably the the shortest article i do anymore mm. mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you know three four thousand words is not uncommon yep um so you know call it three thousand words average uh so quick math 150
1: it, sure 150
2: 150 an article times Time 50 yeah uh... you got 7500 uh 7500 dollars Or fifty articles.
1: Very reasonable. I I guess I felt like ten would have been low. So I think seventy five. I mean,
2: that's a hefty chunk of change to throw up
0: front, you know? Yeah. Especially on an on you don't know. We have no idea how well it's gonna do. And he's
1: very experienced doing it though. You know, if you were if you were new and you were able to pull this off with twenty, I think that would be a great number. Sure. Like if it was your first one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, I should say, of course, there's ongoing upkeep. Yes, you publish the content. I mentioned a little bit, I'm a big fan of updating content. And so maybe after the first few months, um, you know, 20 of these articles are doing pretty well, Mm -hmm. but I want them to do better. So I'll go back and invest either myself or hire somebody to make the articles longer instead of 3000 words. It's 4,000 words. And right. And then, and then
0: ideally in this scenario, like you'd want to keep it for as long as possible because that's going to pay you residual income with very little maintenance. At what point do you say hey, you know, this is probably worth selling? Is, is do you wait for the offer to just kind of naturally come in or are you like is there a moment
2: where you're like, yeah, I want to get rid of this? You know, every time it's different. Yeah. It just it depends on the individual. Are you, are you building the website
0: with the mindset of eventually selling it?
2: Not always. Okay. No. Uh, a lot of my websites I I Plan to just keep for the long term, no intention. Yeah. Um, a couple of sites that I've purchased, I bought them with the intention of flipping, you know, a year down the road. Yes. Right? So that's part of it is uh, did I reach my goal of, hey, I wanted it to increase in income this much, and mm-hmm. then I'm ready to sell. Um, another business that I sold also had an Amazon FBA piece attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I was ready to just move on. You just didn't uh, want to do it anymore. Yep. Yeah. You know, and it was doing well. I just sure it was Amazon FBA is a whole other animal. Yeah. And so I sold the the niche website with the Amazon FBA business in a package. Deal, yep. and so I think it just depends.
1: the The overwhelming theme that I'm feeling is that you you almost exclusively, maybe especially because of your past experience, focus on affiliate as like the form of monetization. Like if it was digital products or physical products, you, you would avoid it.
2: I've done a lot of affiliate products in the past. I that that's a safe, safe assumption that for the most part, most of my sites have been that way. I think uh, there's a lot of opportunity there and especially for people starting out, it's easier to get into that because you don't have to own a product. Um, But I should also state that, yes, I've sold physical products, mentioned the Amazon FBA business. And when I look at, you know, niche pursuits, that really is me selling, um, you know, a lot of digital products, you know, software right. and mm. whether affiliate or my own, um, yeah. with Longtail pro, et cetera. So, so at this point you
0: only have how many sites in your quote unquote portfolio, right? Cause it's considered a portfolio in a way. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I guess what, what the other set, the up to that is like, how often do you spend time like managing that?
2: Mm-hmm. So I've got six or seven sites that I actively manage okay. that I'm, I'm looking at on a weekly basis with employees or myself. Yep. Um, there's a couple of dozen other sites that are just old sites that I built years ago that I don't even look at. They're just,
0: but they're there. They collect probably some amount of money. That's like, why get rid of them? Why shut them down?
2: Right. They're still getting a few clicks on AdSense or whatever, but I'm focused elsewhere.
0: Right. So most of your time you would say is spent on these five or six websites and then all of this and then niche pursuits is basically like where you, the byproduct of all of this, right? Of this portfolio is like anything that I've learned from this sort of uh, doing this for so long and, and then what I'm currently doing kind of like gets turned into content at
2: niche pursuits. Exactly. That's okay. the whole point of niche pursuits. Whatever I learned building all these sites, I'm writing about it on Got the it. blog. Um, go ahead, Andrew. You said you
0: wanted to say something.
1: I, I, I didn't mean to suck my teeth and <laughs> like, uh, cl- claim the mic. Uh, so, you know, you, I, I'm maybe going back to the, the beginning and like you did your keyword research. We have like a rough idea of a budget, um, and say we just dump them all out you know or public dump them publish them you know it's gonna help some people. it's gonna be useful. Google's gonna rank it uh, if you if you did that, you know um what would be your expectations to the amount of time roughly to make about a thousand dollars a month from mm. the
2: site? So a good goal would be in the six to twelve month range six would okay. be. Maybe pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. But, but possible. Um, and then 12 months for sure, I think is a good target. Yeah. Um, if if you're working on it, um, it, it takes a while to get the site indexed to, you know, sort of get Google friendly to get all these keywords ranking. Um, so yeah, six to 12 months is, is a good goal to shoot for. Apparently, my phone is searching without my involvement here. That's that how that's,
0: that's how automated his business is. Is that even when he's <laughs> doing a podcast, Siri is doing all this niche searching articles? For him. Literally, <laughs> just got written. <laughs> yeah, In the background. It's happening. <laughs> you don't need to hire anybody. You could just hire Siri to write your articles for you. Hey, a couple uh, of years down the road, artificial intelligence. I'm looking forward to it. Oh man! So let's. Uh, I, I want to dive a little bit into the act of buying. And selling a website quickly. This idea of flipping, because uh, full transparency. One of the uh, I, I posted on Money Lab. Like I have all these ideas for challenges that I want to do in the future, and one of them was buy and flip a website. You know, very very quickly, and that was over. I mean, I did a survey, and overwhelmingly, everyone's like, "I want to see that done. I want to see somebody find a website, buy it." completely convert the shit out of it, make it awesome and then sell it for a profit. Now, obviously like when you talk about even buying and flipping houses, that is like, that's the friggin' dream, right? It's like, Oh, how easy is that? Like buy a house, make it nice, flip it. You've done that, you know, in a, you've done that before successfully. What was that process like? Like, where did you buy the site? Uh, how did you even find it? What did you look for? All that, all that stuff. If you have like a specific story in mind.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, I've done that a couple of different times. Mm -hmm. Um, There's lots of different places that you can find websites. In my particular case, the very first website that I bought, I found on flippa.com. It's a marketplace for buying and selling websites that's been around for a really long time. Yep. Um, You do kind of have to dig through the weeds, I call it. Uh, There's uh, some really lot low of quality stuff there. A lot of shit, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then there's some gems to be found mm-hmm. uh, if you know what you're looking for. And so uh, uh, the process uh, there is, again, I, I want to see how much traffic is it getting right now? Uh, what's the quality of the website? Uh, I want to ensure that it hasn't been penalized. You know, mm-hmm. Is there a lot of spammy links pointing to this website right now? Mm-hmm. And I would avoid those at all costs. Um, and yeah, look. look uh, the main way to buy the website to, to value a website is to look at how much is it making uh, yeah. per month. And so I'll go through that. Look at the traffic, look at the earnings, and then based on that, make an offer. A very common multiple based on earnings is somewhere in the twenty-five to thirty-five range depending yeah per month right Right. so uh, whatever that equates to two to two to almost three times annual earnings sure right and
1: what is like the average price tier that you buy into and not like oh my god like this guy can buy a thing for for whatever the price is but i feel like perhaps a lot of opportunities lie within a certain price range
2: so the first couple of websites that I bought a few years ago were smaller websites that I bought for um, between five and $10,000. Okay. Right? So not huge websites, but maybe making a few hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were great projects to work on. Um, I have bought two websites this year, uh, and those were, you know, six-figure websites. They were, you know, one was... 220,000. The other one was 360,000. And you bought uh, cash. You bought those. I, I, uh, I bought one of them cash with a partner. Uh, uh-huh. uh, and the other one I bought art cash, part seller financing. Got it. Okay. Yes.
1: And, and so why in that tier? Um, yeah. Why that high? You mean? Yeah. I mean, so I, I if I had to guess, you're looking like in, deal flow or something that's like more white glove it you did look in deal flow
2: i have looked at deal flow that's not where i bought uh these particular sites um so why uh yeah i mean
1: i'm trying to yeah pick apart exactly the strategy
2: with smaller websites you can have some big wins i mean you could double the earnings from 500 to a thousand dollars a month that's very feasible sure right Mm. But smaller websites tend to be more risky as well. They're not usually established as well. $300 a month could just as quickly turn to $50 a month uh, Mm -hmm. if you didn't do your homework quite right. You know, they get penalized in Google. So I don't play in that space uh, for, for that reason. And to really scale up, I would have to own like 50 websites making a hundred dollars a month. Right. Right. And that just becomes unmanageable. Mm -hmm. So if you're just getting started for sure, you can dabble in, in that range. Uh, But if you want something that's more well-established, maybe more secure that you feel like there's not a lot of downside here, it's been doing well for five, 10 years you mm-hmm. should keep doing well. You do need to get above a certain level. You know, five thousand a month or ten thousand dollars a month in earnings is you know a pretty established business. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm looking in that range is because I feel like it's a little bit more secure. But at the same time, there's still opportunities to go from ten thousand a month to twenty thousand a month. Right. That's not crazy talk. Right. And are like, you
0: the, the one of the things? I uh, are you. When you do that, are you focusing on more traffic to 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 what like to what's already there, or
2: adding more products and keeping the traffic that's already there? Both. Both. Okay. For sure. Yeah. So definitely looking at adding more traffic in any ways that we can. Yep. But also, how can we monetize the site better? Taking better, a okay. holistic approach. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: So where'd you pick up the two sites this year, like Empire Flippers or? I-
2: I- yep. So Empire Flippers was one of them. Uh-huh. Uh, and I have shared this site publicly on my blog so I can share it on the podcast. Okay, cool. Um, I bought FBAMaster.com um, on Empire Flippers for about 220000 And that's teaching people Amazon FBA stuff? It is. Okay. Yep. And it's been cool. around for you know five or six years. Wow. They have a recurring um, commission that they make on affiliate product they recommend a piece of software and that was one of the really intriguing things is that they've got recurring commissions that as soon as we buy it, even if traffic were to shut off, like we're going to still get all these recurring commissions. Oh, and int- oh, right? interesting. Yeah. Like Jungle yeah.
1: scout and stuff. I'm
2: yeah. It's called tactical arbitrage is the particular piece of software that they recommend. So we pick up that, um, Anyway, let me finish answering your question where yeah. uh, the second site that I bought uh, actually was uh, I found privately uh, through a Facebook group, believe it or not. Um, I'm, I'm a member on the Ad Thrive um, Facebook group. Yeah. Hit a post there. Hey, I'm looking for sites to buy. Uh, wow. The reason I published it there is because I know to be on Ad Thrive, you have to have at least 100,000 page views a month. So you're going to be a bigger website posted in there. One thing led to another. That's how I found uh, that second website that I bought this year. It was a private deal. It was a private deal. Yep. No broker. Cool. So, and are you planning
0: on, fl- go ahead, Andrew. Sorry. No, 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 no. I-, I was going to say, are you planning on flipping those or keeping them?
2: Right wow. now, I'm planning on keeping them. Yeah. No immediate plans to flip them. But anything could happen, you know, in two or three yeah. years, if we really grow these properties absolutely i'm open to selling them sure and how would you go about
0: doing that like where would you would you post it on the same sites that you bought on to sell them or would you try to do privately or put it just to put the you know kind of put the fillers out there like hey this is for sale you're i'm sure you're part of you know a ton of communities at this point right i
2: I am a part of a lot of communities and i have an advantage in that i own nichepursuits.com has -hmm. a large email list primarily made of people interested uh, in building yeah. websites, right? And so I could probably sell it privately through my own email list. Um, but having said that, um, if I didn't, you know, if I didn't go that route, I'd probably go to Empire Flippers or one of yeah. these other brokerages. Just to get it get it done. Yep. Yep. Got
0: it. Well, that's, uh, I'm just like, Fast I, I want to do this project. I, I want to I want to buy a website, perhaps flip it. I mean obviously the goal, the, the I think the challenge would be to flip it. But maybe not. Maybe maybe keep it and 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 I mean like my I think uh we have a similar like I think I think taste is not just in um keyword research, because anybody I think can do keyword research, but I think knowing having like a certain level of taste on what makes a good website or not is another superpower that I think you kind of need to have. Right. Cause I mean, if the site, I mean, like I need one of the things when I sold my website, I was taught, I talked to a lot of brokers and I talked to a lot of people who bought websites and sold websites and they kept telling me like, I I really thought that my website was worth so much money because it looked good. And they're like, no, no one gives a fuck about that. They care about how much money it makes and, and I was like, okay, damn. So like all that work that I spent and all that time and effort I spent on like marketing it and branding it and making it look beautiful to, to buyers, that's not really what they're looking for. I mean, that's like, good, sure. Cool bonus. Great. Like it's a little bit more trustworthy and maybe we'll stay in the test of time, but ultimately like it depends on the, what they're making. And I was kind of a, a bummer to find out sort of like
2: later. Right. Yeah. Bottom line. People are in it for the business. They're looking at what's the earnings. How much is it making? I do think when you get into a certain level, I mean, we're starting to talk like public companies or, you know, um, venture companies, right. They care more about how many users you have, maybe not the earnings, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But when you're in this range of like, I'm just buying a website that makes money, they care how much money it's making. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah.
0: So, uh, what do you think is the best move uh, for, let's say, if, if Andrew and I want to do some sort of project where we buy and flip a website, do you think we should buy and flip a website? Do you think we should build a website from scratch? What do you, what do you what would you what would you advise to somebody, especially knowing like, I mean, look, the, the truth is like Andrew and I have, we know how to build websites from the ground up. We've done it several times. So I, I guess the point is, I, I guess the question I'm asking is like based on that small amount of knowledge that you may have. what what do you usually recommend to somebody like us to to, to
2: start? Well, I think it would be a really interesting project for you guys. If you set a deadline, uh, in terms of, we are only going to own this site for 12 months, let's call it right. And you buy the website. So people know that that they're following along that you're going to make all the improvements you possibly can in those 12 months. And no matter what you're selling it after a year. Yeah. Um, I think that would be really interesting to follow along. That's probably what I would do if I were in your shoes. Would you,
0: do you think 12 months is, could we do it in six? You could probably, sure. You- what do you, th- what do you think is a realistic but like <laughs> mind blowing, like if you saw it, you'd be like, holy shit, like that is, that is an awesome project to follow. Like what do you think that, what, what would blow your mind time frame wise?
2: Boy, shorter, shorter always blows the mind more, right? So yeah, right. maybe three months, like how we bought and flipped a site in three site months in and made, days. whatever. Yeah. Um, and it, it, there's opportunities out there. If you find the right site that's just under-monetized, mm-hmm. right, a lot of tweaks that you can make on the website, like you can like make the earnings almost overnight, right? Just jump. Um yeah. it's really feasible. Like I had a website, this is just a website that I owned that I built from scratch that it was monetized with Google AdSense for a long time. Yeah. Uh I finally hit the level where I could apply to Mediavine um and they just pay a little bit more. And yep. so I switched and literally overnight was like doubled the earnings from like $20 a day to $40 a day, right? Wow. And um so if you find the right opportunity, you could flip a site really fast, right? Mm. <laughs>
1: I have so many ideas right now. <laughs> I like could barely keep them in, in my face.
2: <laughs> I figured you would. I figured you would. <laughs> so, if you want to look for those opportunities, you know, I don't know if Flip is the best place, but, sure. but maybe because um, a lot of people selling there maybe don't know of all the different monetization right. strategies right find something that's getting a lot of traffic that is way under monetized right then you mm-hmm. could just come in and tweak some things did um, you feel there was a
1: lot of competition on Flippa like when you're going to buy like,
2: like bidding you mean
1: yeah like were there like were you competing with other people that might be an equivalent of you like they know what they're doing
2: i didn't feel like there was a lot of competition of savvy buyers mm-hmm. no
1: that's so hot
2: You know, there were a lot of buyers, but, you know, good or bad, it seemed like a lot of them are, you know, foreign from India or could barely speak Mm -hmm. English, right? That seemed to be a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of savvy buyers there, but there's so many listings that not everybody's bidding on everything. Right. Right. All right, man. Well, I think we got (laughs) to... I think we gotta
0: try. We'll go take a shower after this. Yeah. So it was <laughs> uh, well, I don't. Spencer, listen. Uh, first of all, thank you for coming on. Um, we could obviously talk about this forever, and, I, and even when we were doing your podcast, it was like, oh, we could do this SEO chat all friggin' day. Yep. Uh, so yeah, vice versa. Uh where I mean I'm a s i am mean we've mentioned niche pursuits a bunch of t- bunch of times, nichepursuits.com, but where else can people find you or or follow you or all those things?
2: Yeah, so nichepursuits.com is the best place. I'm yep. on there blogging actively. They can uh you know read about my different projects that I have going on or anything and like that. And you're writing that content, right? I am, yes. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> niche Pursuits with my own fingers. Um, yep. I am typing there. So Uh, another place that I can give a little plug. Uh, I did just recently create a training course for people wanting to build websites from scratch and rank them in Google. It's called organic traffic formula. It's an online video training course. So if people want to check that out, they can go to organictrafficformula.com. Sweet.
0: Yep. Sweet. That is great. Thank you so much again for doing this. Uh, Really appreciate you coming on and spending the time with us, and uh, hopefully in a couple and some time, I don't know when the fuck we're gonna do this, but we're gonna try after to do October, something after <laughs> October. After October, yeah, after <laughs> this marketing burst is over and we've fully written about it, and we've tripled or quadrupled the podcast audience. uh, That's definitely what's going to happen.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, It's feeling like it. I don't know. Yeah,
0: so far it's (laughs) doing pretty well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about on future episodes of this show, please email me at matt at moneylab.co. And also uh, please feel free to send me a new middle name suggestion. This week was Ballbreaker. I'm not going to tell you who said it because it was just me. And I'm always (laughs) to trying new ones out. uh, So I don't want to make up my own middle name. I want Everyone else to give me a middle name, because again, no holds bar. I will do whatever. If you like this show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Player FM, Spotify, or wherever you normally listen to podcasts. There's so many fucking options. Doesn't matter. And if whatever option you're on, please leave a review. And if you really, really, really like this show, just Tell a friend, tell your mother, tell your father, tell your brother, tell your uncle about this show. Point them to your favorite episodes and hopefully they'll become a subscriber too and you guys can share in the glorious love that is Money Lab uh, and uh, you'll have something in common finally. And, and Spencer, thanks again for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. Cool. Thanks for listening. That's it. Bye. <laughs>